Happy Wednesday, fam. I am so excited to be back with you this week. I really do enjoy having these done on Wednesdays. I know that it takes me a couple of days of prep and getting things done, um, but I really do enjoy knowing that this comes in the middle of the week because it gives us something to look forward to and kinds of something to help us get through the end of the week. So happy hump day. And um, I'm kind of excited to talk to you about this uh, next portion on the podcast. I am exhausted. My son has been sick this week, so you're going to kind of have to bear with me just a little bit. Um, But this week's podcast is going to be on sponsorship. And I kind of wanted to start out talking about the steps. I wanted to take you steps 1 through 12. And that is still something that I ultimately plan on doing. That being said, I think there are times when there are certain things that come up in our lives um, that warrant being either A, addressed, or could really help someone. And in our meetings at my home group, we've really been hitting hard what the spiritual program of AA actually looks like. And having a sponsor is one of those really important things that I truly believe and the program suggests that people should have. I know that for me, my story is not probably the way I would have done it, but I am grateful now for the sponsor that I have, and the first two sponsors that I had, one would uh, try and borrow money from me all the time, and she was really kind of toxic, and then the other one, she was actually pretty controlling and pretty scary, and um, if it wasn't her controlling me, it was my ex controlling me, so I had a kind of a really bad feeling about sponsorship and how sponsorship was supposed to go. Um, I do know that some people do not have a sponsor, um, and that is certainly their own prerogative. Again, AA is suggested. AA, um, the 12 steps and 12 traditions are a suggestion. That being said, I have had numerous people in my life tell me what to do, And the what to do has never worked out, and the suggested has always turned out to be the saving grace. So without further ado, we are going to hop into this next episode, and I am going to take a moment and dedicate this episode to my sponsor, Carol. Um, She is the most patient, kind, loving, generous woman I have ever met, and she does a lot for me. And so thank you, Carol, for not only keeping me alive, keeping me sober, but for also being a really good friend. When I think about my time in AA, I know the one thing I've learned is it is not a program to teach us how to handle our drinking. Um, I know that's a shocker because when we come into the rooms, we think, I'm just going to learn how to have a drink. But in the big book, there's a story where it talks about a guy who comes into the meetings and he says to the newcomer, it's a, it's a program that doesn't teach us how to handle our drinking, but it teaches us handle, how to handle our sobriety. Of which I can say, while I have not relapsed, 
I certainly have failed at handling life on life's terms. There's a different portion of sobriety that we have to look forward to, and that is emotional sobriety. So there's sobriety, which is not drinking, and emotional sobriety, which basically is an emotional maturity. Once we have learned how to quit drinking, we also learn how to be an adult and a human being. And that's not always easy, Um, especially new in sobriety. All those feelings and emotions, they can be a huge um, whammy. And making it through the first couple of days, weeks, months, even the first year um, is really not easy to do, especially if you don't have a sponsor. I thought for so long because I wasn't drinking and I was doing all right, all right, not great, but all right, I was actually still really miserable and I couldn't figure out why. I remember it actually pretty clearly um, when it dawned on me that I needed to truly have a sponsor. Um, I was doing my step work through Celebrate Recovery. I had already been sober seven years at this time prior to getting into Celebrate Recovery. And I was going to that new church I talked about my last episode. And um, the woman who eventually would become my sponsor, you know, said to me, why don't you come to Saturday morning AA groups? And I had met her at Celebrate Recovery through another friend. And I was very comfortable, very, very comfortable in my AA groups, uh, my home group. But when she had mentioned that she was going to be doing a step study, um, and we were going to be doing it on Wednesday nights, which was fine. Um, It wasn't the night or anything like that. I wasn't fond of doing it in a group. I really wasn't fond of sharing with a bunch of people that I'd never met, which is weird because I love the AA rooms, but there was just something about um, having to share, having to grow, having to do the steps with other people. Um, that would create a huge wall in me. And truly it did for the first couple of months. And as the story goes, and you will hear, um, it does take a drastic turn. But um, I know that I needed to do the steps. And clearly so did God, because Carol kept showing up. Um, And my life was so mismanaged. I couldn't even see how bad it was. My denial was rampant. Um, I knew I was not fully healed from my past. I had, remember previously explained to you that I had gone to therapy and I had gone to a group rape counseling um, back home. But it was very evident that I was not emotionally sober that I was not healed from my past and just going to meetings and not doing the steps was wreaking havoc. Not having a sponsor was wreaking havoc. And on July 9th, 2018, um, I would see how my life would continue to spiral, spiral, oh my gosh, spiral in a new sober way, which was very, very new for me. On July 9th, 2018, Brett Kavanaugh would be appointed to the Supreme Court, and the process that ensued became a huge stressor. Now, I am not here to discuss politics. I am not here to discuss innocence or guilt. I am not here to 
put anyone in a place or position of right or wrong. I just am explaining my story. The hearing was something I simply couldn't pull away from. Uh, and it brought up all sorts of unhealed trauma. I spent the next week in a daze. And at my next meeting, because I didn't have a healthy outlet or a sponsor, I used the meeting as my fifth step. Now, I know we haven't gotten that far yet in the podcast, but if you haven't done step five, it's when we admit all of our transgressions to another person, all of our character defects. When you do it to a whole room (laughs) as oral diarrhea, it becomes very tactless and mismanaged. And people could see how mismanaged I was. It caused a whole issue in the room. And eventually, I would be talked to about how I was sharing or my share. At first, I was angered and offended because I thought to myself, well, isn't this what AA is for? Like, they say if there's something bothering or hindering our sobriety that we can talk about it. And so I thought that's what I should do. Um, The anger and the resentment really grew. And over the next few months, I'd continue in my step work. And we worked in our little workbooks, held hands and said our prayers. But sharing in this group was not what I was about. And man, was I stubborn. I was also isolated at home. I was recovering from back-to-back surgeries. I had my thyroid removed due to thyroid cancer and treatment for that cancer, adding more stress. Also, my huge unwillingness to ask for help. When I look back at it, pride was the basis for my problem. I didn't think I could trust anyone or that anyone could truly understand or get what I had done. In my mind, I was bad probably worse than a serial killer. I was convinced after my first sponsor, all they wanted to do was control me or anyone else, really. So I'd continue my steps, and while there was healing in the steps, there was still fear, anger, and resentment. And the woman who was running our step group was so kind, overly kind and understanding. It was annoying. Have you ever met that one person that's just like, constantly happy and like constantly in a good mood and always so sweet and understanding like she was never stern or mad at me and I had never met anyone like her (laughs) um but soon I would find out that indeed I had and she was a lot more like me than I was willing to admit well I'm thankful for my journey this next part was the hardest of my sobriety to date While attending CR, my spouse and I had befriended a new group of friends. That's the one thing about church-run groups. Lots of different people. One of them was Brandon. Brandon was a kid, literally a kid. He was in his early 20s. So to me, he was a kid. He was funny, full of life, and a kind soul. I only saw him a handful of times But he was close with my spouse and uh, another group of men. And I had great affection for him. On February 6, 2019, I got a call at work that they had found Brandon deceased. Over the next 24 hours, a lot would be learned. 
but for me, the fact that I saw him less than 48 hours prior to his death, and I didn't want to bother him while he was with his friends, that really bothered me. So there's a place right by my son's dance studio. It's this little dive bar restaurant, and it's phenomenal. Um, they have the best food, y'all. Um, and they were always over there. And I had seen him. He had grabbed some food, and I was picking up my son. And I wanted to roll down my window and say hi to him. But by that time, it was already dark at 5 o'clock at night. So, A, to stop a bunch of cars trying to pick up their kids from dance. B, roll down the window and be like, oh, hey, how's it going? Like, in the dark would have just been really weird. So, I was like, oh, well, I'll see him, you know, on Wednesday. Um... So when we got the phone call, I don't know. <laughs> it was a shock. Um, ah. Uh, <laughs> Um, Brandon appeared to be happy. He uh, was getting a new truck or working on a new truck. He had a good job. Um, so it didn't add up to me. Um, I don't... I'm not going to say I've never been at a point where I've not wanted to kill myself, but not be alive. Um, but God, I'll never forget that phone call. And um, I never want another one like it again. I just wish people knew that that's not the only way out. I sound like a broken record, you guys, because I am overly positive. Man, I always do say to people, everything is fixable. And I'm always smiling and putting on a happy face because, not because that's not who I am. It is. I am genuinely, genuinely happy. But because I want other people to know how important they, they are. It doesn't matter if I've known you my whole life or, or for two years or five minutes. You guys, everybody is important. And I always worry that people I don't talk to, people I haven't heard from, people I'm estranged to, if something were to happen to me or them. First of all, the answers. We all want answers and sometimes we just don't get them. And, um, I just want you to know if you're in that place where you feel like you need help, there's help out there. 
I'm here for you as a complete stranger. <laughs> because I love people. I love to love people. I love people. Sometimes I love people too much. <laughs> um, and I'm awkward and goofy, but I uh, just know that you're important, okay? Everything is fixable, you guys. Everything, I promise you, everything is fixable. Everything. And you are worth it. Don't ever let anybody make you feel like you are not worth it because you are. And I'm so glad that you're here and you're listening to this. And I'm so glad that you're here and a part of my life. And um, we all struggle, right? We all do. We all struggle. We all make mistakes. But I want you to know that if nobody else tells you, just know that I love you. And I'm sorry for whatever pain you're going through. And I'm sorry for maybe you feel alone or isolated. But you're not. I promise you, you're not. And someone out there cares about you. Um, I'm really sorry I went off on a tangent. I was not expecting, like, I wrote this all out. I was feeling really good. Ugh. I don't even know where I'm at. <sighs> um, okay. Um, I was floored. I was bewildered. And at this point now, now I was scared. Because all of a sudden, I was seeing a new side of myself and my sobriety. At a tear-filled Saturday morning, I admitted I needed help. Not help from staying sober. Not help from taking my own life. But at this point, I needed relief and help. And I would do anything at this point. And after the meeting, I walked up to Carol, and I remember saying to her, I'm scared. I was really scared. I, uh, it's not that I didn't have friends to talk to. I have friends. Um, it's not that, um, I couldn't have reached out to any one of the females in AA. Um, but when you are in sobriety, having a sponsor is kind of like a safety net. And when you feel like you're drowning... They cast the net and catch you. So after two years of patience and asking me if I had a sponsor, Carol agreed to sponsor me. <laughs> As we talked and did my fourth and fifth step, I found that I had found the carbon copy of myself. Not only did she get me, 
she was me from marriages to behavior and then some it's uncanny how identical we truly are <laughs> um but yet completely opposite it's really interesting she's always quick with just a gentle prayer or something soft and i'm a lot i i'm a lot <laughs> um now her gentle gentle natured kindness was no longer annoying it was what i needed she is the best thing to happen to me in my sobriety now <laughs> I do not suggest going through seven years of sobriety without a sponsor because you can clearly see what that can do to someone. Um, God, I'm sorry, you guys. I keep sniffing and, oh, miserable. Going without a sponsor for seven years, granted, I had some trials and errors. Um, having a sponsor is kind of like job interviews or like, you can do that. You can literally, like, interview people or find a temporary sponsor. But not having a sponsor was absolutely miserable. I tell my sponsor everything now. Um, sometimes it requires an hour-long talk. Other times it's just a gentle reminder to read out of the big book, share a story she heard, or tell me a story from her past. And her stories from her past are fantastic. Like, there is nothing that makes me feel better than when she tells me a story about something she did. Oh my god, that woman is, <laughs> she is absolutely fantastic. Having a sponsor in the beginning is really important. Um, and it's important right away in the beginning because when you first go into a meeting, um, your meeting should ask you, especially if it's an open meeting, and not a step meeting or big book meeting. But either way, when you get into a meeting, they're going to ask, is anybody here at AA for the first time ever? Like your very first meeting. And at that point, um, we've got these little books and we get them at inner office. And um, we will go through. And if you're male, the males will write down their contact information. Um, and if you're female, we'll write down our contact information. And so we will give you that book at the end. Um, and you can that way contact us over the next couple of days if you need someone to talk to. It's just a really good way for you to know when you come into the program um, or even move, really. Um, I know social media definitely helps keep in contact with people outside of um, different states. I've got some really good friends in England. I've got some good friends in LA, um, New York, Minneapolis, Florida. So because of social media, I'm able to truly reach out to anybody at any time. Um, but not everybody is going to be a good sponsor and not everybody should be a sponsor. So um, having that sponsor can really help you navigate your way through those first few days. And while therapy is a bonus to healing, a sponsor is more available and also relatable to your journey. I am not saying don't go to therapy. I went to therapy. I am still in therapy. But when it comes to your sobriety, the sponsor's job is to only do one thing. Help you stay sober. 
they do this by showing you how they stayed sober through experience, strength, and hope. And if you're tired of that phrase, that's too bad. You're going to hear it forever because that is exactly how all of us stay sober. We stay sober by giving it away and we stay sober by hearing about other people's experience, strength, and hope. By being open about her journey, not only does she help herself, because if we're not being honest about our behavior, our past, our actions, our emotions, one of the huge caveats to sobriety is secrets keep us sick. And if we don't orate or explain or open up what's bothering us or what's concerning us, then we are sure to drink again. We are sure to leave the rooms. Um, She helps me by being honest and developing trust with me. Um, She builds a relationship with me constantly as I grow and change because she's already been there. She's got, um, oh my God, Carol, don't hate me. 33 or 35 years of sobriety, I believe. Um, So... I'm not saying they should have a specific year of experience, but I'm telling you as someone who didn't have a solid sponsor and it's clearly like no good program until I was nine years sober, you really want to make sure the person that you're asking to sponsor you is someone that has shared in the group that you can relate to in their share or appreciate their share. Because usually when we share... It's pretty honest and it's reality based and it's not some fairy tale. Like some of the things we share in the rooms are, they just blow me away. Um, but they're there to help you grow and grow with you. My suggestion, however, is to pick someone with a good amount of time of sobriety. For me personally, anyone with five, to seven years of sobriety plus um, is good. Um, I also would like to see how people work their program. Are they involved in service? Are they making coffee? Are they holding a position? Do they go to the roundups? Do they go to the dinners? You know, what are they doing in the community? So here are a few other things that I think you should know about sponsorship. Besides just getting along and someone who's in the community and you like their stories. These are from the 12 and 12 and the big book. When picking out a sponsor, it is best to sponsor within your own sexual orientation. So for females, it's a female sponsor. For males, it's a male sponsor. This can be for many different reasons. Sexual attraction happens to be one of them. So, uh, right there. Like, if you're sponsoring someone and it turns sexual or romantic, you can really blur the lines with someone by not being able to be discretionary. Um, Oh, hey, babe, that's fine. I made that mistake. No, that's not okay. No, babe, that's not okay. So, Taking out that extra element is really important. Now, that being said, I would stick to that even if you are gay, 
straight, trans, having that person that you are not going to cross boundaries with is very, very important. I, as a straight female, do not know how it works in the gay community, so I am quite sure there are plenty of resources, and I will also educate myself and do my best on looking those up as well. Um, because I want to be able to help you, and I also want to be able to learn. I I would have no problems. Actually, I don't know because I I I don't want to say that. I I don't know. I wouldn't have a problem sponsoring a gay female because for me as a straight female, that's not a boundary issue, and I should never perceive that it would be for that person because like I'm not that cute. <laughs> I can't be that arrogant. Um, but those are certain, certain things that you definitely have to think about. And, um, you have to, um, think over, um, your sponsor, they are not responsible for your finances, your job, your housing, your clothing, and your food. They can, however, suggest resources. If you have a sponsor that wants to buy you a pack of smokes, if you have a sponsor that wants to give you $5 for gas, that is fine. But friends, they are not our bank. They are not our bank, our spouse, our parents. These are things that they just absolutely do not need to be involved in. Um, they can share your story or not share your story. Uh, they can. Sponsors are still human and they have character defects. They are not perfect. They are going to make mistakes. And on the odd occasion, I haven't seen it. On the odd occasion, they could have a bad suggestion. But let's be honest, we have friends who have bad suggestions. So don't get your undies in a bunch and don't get all prideful and say, oh, I didn't pick them because she told me to go to the meeting on Friday afternoon and it ended up being Friday evening. Like, we're, we're human. We make mistakes. Just like a job, if you or the sponsor does not work out, either of you can leave. Sponsors also create accountability. And the sponsor can let you alone to make your own mistakes, but is able to keep vanity and feelings in check to help you through your mistakes. As friends, that's the really big part. As friends, we say things that hurt other friends' feelings. We do things that bother them. Um, so feelings getting involved with a sponsor, they can be there, but they're more there in a compassionate way. And... They love you like family, but like not family family. It's really a cool dynamic. And I love that with Carol. Um, she is really, she really is family and she takes care of me, but I don't rely on her. And so that's something there's, there's not that codependency. There's not that chance for if she hurts my feelings is obviously something I needed to know um, a couple of weeks ago. She had to remind me um, that as a female AA, there's no need for entertaining a friendship in or outside of AA with a male AA. Um, we don't mess with men. Plain and simple. You don't do it. The sponsor has not only completed the steps, but also works a spiritual program. Uh, they follow the traditions of carrying out the message to the alcoholic who still suffers, 
And remember, the only way to keep it is to give it away. In the big book, there's a whole chapter on working with others, how we act as sponsors. If you're looking to sponsor, there are a few great guides. I will post them for you. There's some books. I'll put them up on the website. But as a start, I suggest being well-versed on the AA publications, Living Sober, Big Book, 12 Steps, 12 Traditions, Came to Believe, As Bill Sees It. And while I only have temporary sponsored people, these AA publications help me in my everyday sobriety. And I feel like every time I read them, I go back and I find something different. Um, One of my friends and I, we actually send each other books on holidays, and it's so much fun because she's got really great taste in books. Um, And so I've been reading a couple of the things she's been sending me, and they're awesome. I mean, they are all positive, mental health. They are fantastic. So if you find books like that, that you like to read um, for positive mind, um, that kind of stuff is great. Just know that when it comes to sponsorship, you can bring in some of that stuff, but it's best to stick with the AA publications. And if my story doesn't convince you that sponsorship is truly a gift from AA, I suggest you check out the sponsorship questions and answers. I also posted those on my webpage. It answers a lot of questions and has much more in-depth questions. You may have more questions. Oh my God. Can you tell I was tired when I was finishing this the other day? So basically, there is a publication on the aa.org website and I linked it onto my webpage and the title is Sponsorship Questions and Answers and it answers it for both sides really. It is fantastic. I um, I think it's definitely worth a read. Anyway, that being said, y'all, this was a very long episode and for that I do apologize but I think it's really important that you see how exactly one's life can be mismanaged if you don't have a sponsor. I know that a lot of people will probably say, well, I've been just fine without a sponsor, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. Like, but for me, it didn't work. For me, I needed that person that I could trust. For me, I needed that person outside of a friend or a spouse or a pastor or a parent that I could be completely transparent with at any time and they wouldn't judge me. They wouldn't tell me how to feel. They wouldn't tell me I was right, I was wrong. And that's the beautiful thing about sponsorship. It takes all that pressure off of us to complain to a spouse or a best friend or an employee And that is something that we have trouble with as alcoholics, friends. And don't think that you don't because I am one of those people. I am an oversharer because of my trauma and my past. I feel like I have to explain everything about myself to everybody. You don't. The only person that needs to know everything about you is you and your sponsor. Because when you do that, when you have that relationship and that transparency, it leaves the good for everybody else. Bring the ugly to the sponsor. Bring the good to the sponsor. Bring everything to the sponsor. But I'm telling you, having a sponsor in your life makes such a huge difference. And not just having them, y'all. 
you gotta use them. You gotta use them. And I know that for me, sometimes it's really hard. And Carol will get on me and just send me a text message and let me know you're doing okay. And I'm like, but I am doing okay. I don't need to send you a text message. But I understand. See, what she's doing is she's creating accountability. Text me. Let me know you're okay. Basically, what she's saying is, show me that you're put together and you're not drinking. And it's that's that creates that accountability. And it is the best relationship in AA. I really do enjoy talking to her. I really do enjoy hearing her stories. And I enjoy mostly her being able to relate to me and tell me, hey, this is my experience, strength, and hope. I hope you can gain something from it. And fam, I hope you gained something from this today. And I am so sorry I fell apart on y'all. But I do take uh, suicide very seriously. Um, I take my friendships very seriously. I take people in my life beyond seriously. And so for me, thinking of losing someone or not having someone is very terrifying and it breaks my heart. So please, if you've gained anything from this and it's not even about sponsorship, just know you're not alone. There are resources out there. And there are people that love you and care about you. And we will be here for you. I hope that you have a great rest of your week. I hope that this didn't make like (laughs) the rest of the week really sad. It is a positive thing, I promise. But take care, fam. I can't wait to talk to you next week. And next week, Tyler will be with us. And he gets to share his experience, strength, and hope. So have a good one, guys.